I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to Frau Pow, where your hosts, Odd and Rex. Hi, before you listen to this episode, please keep in mind that we are talking about the current protests um, and the just Black Lives Mattering um, in general. We do touch on some sensitive topics such as George Floyd and um, Arma the Arbery and just things that are kind of touchy-feely right now. If you're currently not in a place that you think you can safely listen, please skip this episode. If you are a white person, we strongly encourage you to listen to this episode. But also while you are in a safe place, if you're not in a good place right now, come back to it at another time. Um, I have a lot of feelings and I just wanted about all the stuff that's been happening and I felt like it was really important for us to use our platform to talk about everything that's been happening. Um, I mean, in general all the time, but also um, especially since things have escalated since uh, the death of George Floyd. Yeah. 
I mean, there's just, there's a lot happening in the news and there feels like there's an especially large amount of things that are just condensing all around each other. Um, starting with like Ahmad Arbery and then Brianna and then George Floyd. Um, it, it's just like, it's, there's always been a lot that's been happening to black people and people of color in the news, but it feels like it's like collapsing on itself because now there's a pandemic to like add to the equation. Right. And I think what makes me upset, I mean, I'm already, I'm like, I mean, you can't not be upset, but like that it always feels like these things are, these horrible things are happening to people. And only, I mean, these specific instances are being highlighted um, by the world. Mm -hmm. And we're not even capturing like a daily experience for someone. <clears throat> right. Like we're... These instances, what we're seeing, it it feels like 5% of the time when there's 95% right. of the time that we're completely missing, that aren't videoed, that aren't shared on the news because people don't feel like their story is maybe worth saying or something like that. Or they just don't want to have to deal with, like, right the fallout from it even if it's good or bad or both like i can understand how that would be like extremely traumatizing on top of already experiencing like trauma mm -hmm. um and i just and it also like makes me think about all the times that this has happened before and that this, this has had has been caught on camera and people know about it and then you know a few weeks later it disappears from our consciousness as like you know, a collective and, you know, nothing actually really changes. And then that's why people, I mean, and then you, and then the same feelings happen over again and they escalate and like people are really angry, but then the system doesn't change. Right. And then like, there's the other, the other part of it that people like, this has been basically in public attention for a pretty long time now, you know, and like, they tried doing it, you know, the respectable way, quote unquote. They, you know, they tried doing it peacefully, you know, with Colin Kaepernick kneeling and the whole nine yards. And it's, they tried. And the whole response to Colin Kaepernick kneeling and the Black Lives Matter movement was that blue lives matter and the thin blue line and the whole nine yards of like police lives matter. But can we, can we like just take a second to acknowledge that you don't have to choose your career as a cop like you that was a choice you consciously made you don't get the choice to live your life being black or indigenous or any other marginalized group yeah <clears throat> i was watching this video um that happened within the skate community um i mean there's been a whole host of like bad horrible things and black people being ignored within the skate community um but there was someone um who a group of people who spoke out and someone named vanessa smith uh she really struck me because she said like my race is not political calling what happens to us in our daily lives political is not right right exactly and so like you know what like she didn't get to choose her skin color and she can't ignore how people perceive her or how they behave around her or how she feels like with people of authority i mean 
I mean, I can obviously only imagine about how black people feel when they see a cop because, like, what have they been told that this, that cop is going to fucking do? Right. And I mean, like, I have a level of discomfort around cops just being, yeah. you know, an openly queer human. And the the history of being queer in the United States and entrapment and the whole nine years of that. But that history it feels so much more narrow compared to the history of being black. And then when you compound being a queer black person or a trans black person, it all right. just compo- compounds even further and further. And we all have a right to distrust the police. Yeah. But I think the black, the lived black experience is the police do not protect them. And so there has no. to be an inherent distrust because that is how you survive. And I think the issue really is, is that people think that they're not racist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they think that being racist means you, like, use the N-word or you're like, I hate, you know, Hispanics or mm-hmm. something. Like, it has to be this, like, very blatant, visceral, like, disgust for someone based on their skin color. But all of this bullshit around how we view people who have a different skin color than us is so ingrained in our society. Mm-hmm. And even if you think that you're an open person, um, I mean, and you might be and you might love everyone and that's fine, but your skin color is going to taint like how much you can understand someone else's experience. Right. And I I think it was, um, I think it was Ibram ex Kendi, um, who said that basically like being racist is just a descriptor. It, you don't you're not always racist every second of your day. Right. You're not always going to be outright racist, but it is something that you have to actively fight against. You have to actively right. be anti-racist. And it's it's an exercise. It's not like you just become it and that's it. It's you have to actively do it every step of the day. And with the whole situation uh, revolving around Amy Cooper in the park in New York City, oh Jesus, you know, Christ. and it's like, well, you know, there's this idea that liberals and the left are less racist. It's just no, no, they're just better at hiding it. We all have to be aware every step of the day about how our how we can be anti-racist how we can be supportive how we can work to support the black community as a whole and i think what people miss on the whole on like for the most part isn't just like posting about this in social media which is something i'm super hesitant to do and it's not because i don't think that it's important Mm -hmm. but because i think it creates a culture of people saying like that's enough right like me posting about it on facebook and i'm not like because i know you're pretty vocal about this stuff and i and i know you and i know that you follow through with things and you're very vocal in all parts of your life but for me it's like i don't want it to stop there and so i make sure that's not like a place i also don't want to kind of put it into uh like an echo chamber echo chamber because i mm-hmm. know that the people i want to engage with on facebook are going to believe um very similarly right to me and if they don't then i don't give a fuck and i am not going to work to like educate those people like they they're not going to want to engage on this topic but i think 
beyond all of that stuff, like the first place that you really need to start is a like looking at yourself and seeing what your what your identities are and what makes up like your experience. Mm-hmm. And before you decide anything about that, then also listen to black people and listen to what they're saying and say, like, how like listen to them say like this is what I live every day, and then try and really let that sink in and compare that to how like you live your life. Like right. And I know people I see this on Facebook, like I can go I can go running without being like attacked. And like, yeah, that's true. But like really fucking try to understand how that goes way fucking beyond that. Yeah. Well I think I have a I have a few thoughts based off of just what you said. Um the first one that feels super important to me and something that I'm working on and I have to like make sure that I'm I'm constantly doing this is that when you engage in forums and posts that are authored by black people, indigenous people, people of color, be aware that sometimes that post is solely for you to read and and acknowledge, you know, put the heart button, put a thumbs up and then sit and digest it. You don't always need to comment. You don't need to always take up that space. I've I've wrote out 20 comments, uh, 20,000 comments. I've wrote out so many comments. And then before I hit send, I read it. I reread it. I sit there and I go, do I need to say this? Do I need to take up this space? And then, nope. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to back away. It's enough for me to internalize and think about it and digest it and be uncomfortable and sit with that. It's, I don't need to take up space where other people should, you know, because it's, it's not a space meant for me. It's a space meant for others. And I think that's okay, but I think that takes a lot of self-awareness. And then my second thought is a lot of times when people are posting on Facebook and social media or in general, um, it can come off as like virtue signaling. um, Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I'm so great. Look at what I'm doing. Um, And if you're not doing this, you're a piece of shit. And so you have to toe that line and you have to be aware and again, be self-aware that you can be supportive and, you know, do all the right things. And people are still going to be like, well, you're virtue signaling or you're crossing the line because of whatever. So I think basically what I'm trying to say is all your actions as a white person have to start being scrutinized to some to some degree. And you have to be aware and you have to question, is this helping or hurting and do I need to say this? Do I need to post this? If I do it a lot of times, um, as you know, because I, I like to start conversations. I like to get a reaction out of people and yeah. continue to use those reactions to educate. Um, and then I also like to troll people. And I, I love trolling bigots. <laughs> but it's in the, the learning what is worth my energy and yeah. also what is not worth someone else's energy and now I need to step in because it's it's um crap there's a word for it it's some sort of fatigue compassion fatigue or yeah compassion fatigue or uh, like um basically like these 
People who are living this experience are tired, they're exhausted, they're fatigued from constantly having to fight every day for their right to survive. And if you are queer, you tend to understand this, but a lot of times white queer people, white LGBTQ people forget that there's like, there's a whole other section of people that like also live this and like live it to a very much like larger volume. But well, yeah, I mean, I think like I know when I go out, like I am going to pass as like someone who is straight and cis and it will be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, And I won't get bothered and people aren't going to stare at me when I go into so- like most spaces. Right. Um, But I like for me hearing about all these rumblings that have been happening in the skate community, which they have been for like a long, a long time, time and yeah. they just I want to like acknowledge that and they should be like, and I'm glad that there's like a really big push for people like uh, black indigenous and other people of color who are pushing for more representation. Like, I think it's really needed, but also like, I was just glad to see that there and hear about like people who are like, this is bullshit, but also like, you know, like for me, like it really made me, think about the times when I have been the person, like, a, a a person who has been out of place when I walk into a space. Like, mm-hmm. so what a black skater was like, like, you don't understand, like, skating is really important to black culture. But, you know, when I go to skate parks, I am the only black person there, or I am the only black person who can skate ramps. Um, and, you know, and my experience with that is, like, so it's, like, not even fucking comparable. Like, you know, I've traveled a lot in the Middle East and being, and I know how uncomfortable it is, like, being stared at and ogled. And it's, like, I don't, like, having someone who, having my passport and my nationality and also, like, my skin color, I think, to a certain extent, like, I'm not really afraid of, like, being harmed and being hunted down or being, like, afraid of doing one thing wrong and then having a gun drawn on me. So it's, like, I'm trying to, like, use that as, like, a stepping off point to, like, help me listen to other people's experiences, if that makes sense. Like, I'm, like, okay, I can understand this, like, tiny piece of what you're feeling. And that's, like, started to really, I mean, I've been it's not like this is like a new thing, but like it's really helping me kind of more like appreciate the voices that are coming forward and that have come forward in the past few years and all the different communities I belong mm-hmm. to and trying to really hone in on like active listening rather than just doing. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I both know people who will just do and do and do and they, they will help until it hurts. You know, and it it takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of times we're we're privileged enough that we don't have to necessarily be aware of our own body surrounded by other bodies. But I think I think becoming aware of your body and where you stand and just like even the thoughts that you have about things becoming aware of it is a really good important first step because nothing can change unless we all start to pull our weight into it and this is this is important 
And it should be important because Black lives matter and they have always mattered. And it is so frustrating that despite arguing this for years, it's still falling upon unwilling, ignorant ears, people who just don't want to take the step back to acknowledge, you know? Well, it also is like people maybe want to acknowledge, but then they get tired. Like this is we're trying like you're trying to change an entire fucking system that is working actively against change. Yes. And it has been in place for hundreds of years in this country and even beyond that. Right. Like, so, of course, it's going to take a lot of goddamn work and it's going to be frustrating and it's. It's going to be hard and you're going to encounter a lot of heartbreak and a lot of like. I think apathy at certain points, but like to me, you can't then get upset when people are then acting out in violence Mm -hmm. because they're fucking tired and they're angry and no one else would pay attention to them otherwise. Because we, like you said, like, look at Kaepernick. Like, he was doing something, like, that was peaceful. And he got called unpatriotic. Right. And that was it. Like, there was no fucking other change. Right. If anything, it it felt like him going a peaceful route just, like, created this whole counter reverberation of, like, clamping down on a system. And it's it's an illness. You know, and the sooner you recognize it, the sooner you can start to make the steps to heal it. But, like, I think that I know for a lot of white people, they dig their heels in because they have this feeling of guilt, like a white guilt of, like, well, I didn't choose this life. And, you know, like, I don't know how to help. It just seems too big. It is big, but it's important. And I don't think, like, you don't have to hate your skin color. If you're white, you don't really have to feel guilt. I think guilt is, guilt is shame. And as we all know, shame is counterintuitive and counterproductive. It makes it, like, it it goes from, like, guilt to shame to helplessness. Right. Because you feel overwhelmed. But the thing is, is, like, you have to push past that, like, uncomfortable feeling and that guilt. And, like, yeah, maybe you're complicit in a lot of these biases or you know really like acting on your privilege and that's fine as long as you fucking acknowledge it and then you say from now on i know that that's a problem Mm -hmm. and i see it and i'm recognizing how that can hurt you and this community and then you use your platform to go into action right and i think that like a lot of people might get hung up on how how like a good first step would look um read Honestly, just read. Read a lot. Um, And I say read because, like, there are a lot of Black people who are willing to tell their story, but don't expect them to do the labor without you paying them. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's just about, like, learning. So maybe not reading. Okay, learning. Learn and a lot of it. But I do think that a lot of it should be reading. I think you should read books by Black authors. I think especially, you know, instead of going and talking to, like, your neighborhood Black person, go read a fucking book first because I bet you the Black people in your life are tired of trying to justify their existence and explain it. Yeah, I think for me... In this, like, video that I was watching about um, with Black skaters who were basically telling 
um, a really popular uh, white roller skater who is like very powerful in the roller skating community. Uh, well, not powerful, but is like very influential. Mm-hmm. Um, they were saying that, you know, it isn't about reading. It's about learning. And that learning is coming from, you know, diversifying types of people that you know, and not just yeah. doing this like, oh, hey, my neighborhood black person, I want to hang out with you. But it's saying like, you know, be there for your friends who don't look like you and um, experience what they're experiencing and be there for them, like, in that way, because the only way you can diversify your knowledge is to diversify your experiences, Yeah, which I thought was, like, a really good way of explaining, like, of not just, like, it needs to go beyond reading. And I agree, like, reading is it, I mean, and we both love books, so. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that reading is the be-all, end-all. I just think that it's an easy first step that is actionable for a lot of people. That's not, you you just don't stop at reading. Then you start by going and engaging. You go and you donate um, money or resources and time to uplifting voices or helping organizations that, you know, can go and, you know, bail out protesters or can go and feed Black mothers with families that aren't able to sustain themselves because of, you know, they're unable to get jobs for whatever reason. Like, it it doesn't end at reading, but I think reading can be a good first step that gets the ball rolling and then you start learning and you start engaging and then you start diversifying. Well, I think that even before the engaging piece, though, it's really important to listen to what the community wants. Always listen. Always listen. And I, you know, and what, and that can come from a lot of research or from, uh, I don't know, internet friends that you have that are black or mm-hmm. a person of color and saying, like, what do you, what would be, and maybe not targeting to them. Obviously, you don't want to make someone engage with like emotional labor. Um, but, you know, listening to people and what the community is wanting, like, it isn't necessarily like, what you think it's going to be right. like, you know, people I've seen a lot. Of, we have seen a lot of like white liberal people who are just like, oh, let me give my money to this random organization. Right. And it's like going to just go to, you know, and organizations need money. It's But it's like going to go to like Red Cross or whatever. Like it's not actually helping solve the issue that you're mm-hmm. concerned about. Like they do good work. And I'm not saying that but, like if you want to help Minnesota, like look in fucking Minnesota. Yeah. One hundred percent. You know, the the Internet is a really great resource. It's really useful in connecting with um, all people from all walks of life. And um, I just think that like with especially with like Instagram and Twitter, it's really easy to start following really prominent voices. Yes. That are black. And so you can start reading the post. Um, you can start seeing you know, what they're saying and just start digesting Without it. having to, like, ask them. Right, and, exactly. Like, have because have them, like, give them your their story every, you know, two minutes when people, like, text them or whatever. Right. Um, and I think also with that, I, I do follow um, a number of pages or a number of accounts on Instagram that actually offer, like, a pay-what-you-can webinar to discuss race and how to be anti-racist and the whole nine yards of that. And it's a pay-what-you-can Um, but that doesn't mean that you pay the bare minimum. Like they're asking for compensation to educate you. And I think that's a hundred percent fair because there's a lot of emotional labor. There's a lot of traumatizing that happens that 
needs support. Well, I think on that note, just kind of um, going off of like listening to the community, I've seen a lot of um, Black friends that, you know, I have um, post on Facebook about like putting trigger warnings Mm -hmm. on violent posts. And they're like, that is always like, yeah, like my Facebook feed is like fucking covered in white people posting goddamn videos of this black man being murdered. And the like my black friends are like don't do that yeah i don't want to see that i have to deal with that every single fucking day of my life i don't want to see someone who looks like me being murdered right and then like oh my god can we talk about that i don't even know the stupid fucking cop's name uh whatever whatever the fucker's name is but they like they arrested him and the picture that they used for their arrest is the picture that is of him murdering george floyd and it's can we can we stop posting murder porn i i as a white person do not need to see somebody murdered to be able to go that's fucking wrong and if you need a visual for that i question a lot of things yeah and i i saw something that was like are you just upset about their racism are you upset about violent racist acts right and i'm like yeah yeah like it is our privilege that we get to see that and just say that's really horrible and that's upsetting and that's really wrong and not be like, oh, that could be fucking me or my brother Mm -hmm. or whoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, I think in that, I've also seen um, people, like, people I'm posting about, like, you know, not only these trigger warning things, but, like, let's not just talk about the trauma that happens in Black people's lives. Right. Like, Black people are people and they do amazing things and not just like they're not all like, you know, fucking Kobe Bryant or whatever. Like they make art and they do like really cool skating tricks and they do. And they just exist. They exist. And we need to celebrate that and celebrate right. their existence and not and not just talk about their, the fact that all of them are being murdered yeah i mean that we need to talk about the murder and the violence it's not to be ignored right, but, but can, also like we need to celebrate black lives right. also you know right. you you shouldn't only be moved to action when somebody is murdered you should be uplifting when they're alive yeah you know black lives matter and when they're living that's <laughs> we we need people to be alive that's that's like so fucking important and i just i don't understand how people lack this empathy and compassion and also just have this veil over their eyes where they're like well what about the police officer and well they're destroying buildings okay but you know what fuck off that building is less important than somebody's life yeah i do have to say though i i am very and maybe this is just like a publicity thing that's like been happening but um i think that the businesses in that neighborhood in minneapolis Mm -hmm. um have been doing a really good job um saying like you know we have insurance or we have like we can always buy more things or fix that window um but the thing is is that someone died and that's not okay yeah i i've been seeing a lot of posts about that and i that's the way it should be like, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, you don't have a constitutional right to own your business, but you have a fucking constitutional right to live. 
Right. And exactly. you can't have a business. You can't have property if you're not fucking living. Right. And that's right. that's really like the long short of all of this is that let people live. And since we can't let people live, we need to step up and go, this is fucking bullshit. These people have every right to be angry. They have every right to protest. And we need to stop doing what we're doing and we need to address it. And we all need to take a step back and sit the sit down and shut the fuck up and like learn something. Yeah, I think like just like people don't understand that <clears throat> that this has been happening in Minneapolis. I mean everywhere for ever as long as our country has existed. But like this has been happening in Minneapolis specifically with the police department for a long ass time and yeah. like no like people fucking knew about it. Yeah. Like we have yeah. so my partner is from that area. Mm-hmm. And so we have friends who join the uh join the police force, but if they were black, they d- wouldn't join the Minneapolis police force. They would go to St. Paul, which is not that much better, but like everybody knew, like it was a known fucking thing that there is there is a huge issue with racism in the Minneapolis police department. Considering that the same fucking officer did you know, also murdered an, an indigenous person like 15 years ago well and like the target that um was the, like first Fuck target target well the, yeah that's the thing it's like i'm not sticking up with them in any way but the first target that was you know targeted by these like, rebellious people it was because a they wouldn't sell protesters milk to help counter mm-hmm. the pepper spray and then also they are the target because Target is from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of test stores where they test out different like configurations and products and yeah. policies. And it was the Target where they test out security procedures. Mm. Fuck so them. I mean, fucking of course. Like I would be really pissed. Yeah. About like being in that neighborhood and being targeted like specifically because of where it was and who lives in that neighborhood. Yeah. It's and not that they even need any of those fucking reasons for attacking Target. Like they don't, and that is not to like. They don't need those reasons. No, like, they I... they don't. But those reasons are existent and they are compounded. Yeah, yeah, they're compounded. Yeah, you know what? Like, I mean, there's. They don't need a. They don't need to justify their actions. Right. But there are a lot of actions against black people that compound to the point where protesting and rebellion is the option that they need to take and is the action that is the it just makes sense like i'm not even going to say that it's justifiable or not it just makes the most sense it's not about us you know saying that like okay let's rewind um when our lived experience as white people is that you know we know that when we're not being paid attention to we start to throw a fucking fit that's why there's the stereotype of a karen that's true yes okay and that's still acceptable right funny but acceptable why are we why do karens get a pass why do the beccas get a pass why do toddlers get a pass yeah but black children and black adults do not yep it's not about it it really is just that actually it's just how come us being us white people being irrational quote unquote irrational and 
demand and demanding and fussing over things that are just irrelevant why is that pass like why is that justified and okay but when black people are actually demanding the right to live and things that aren't irrelevant things that are very much important and pertinent to their livelihoods and they're being held to such an unreasonable standard like i'm allowed to fuss about something that is so fucking irrelevant and be fine but if a black person fusses about something that is i don't even want to say fuss when a black person protests the right to live they get shit on by everybody it's i think like the best way to just wrap this up is that black lives matter and if you are white you need to be on the side of black lives mattering thanks for being here thanks for listening um we hope you all um, found some solace or knowledge um, in our conversation today. Um, if you are feeling like you would like to um, engage in this issue, um, one thing really amazing thing that you could do is um, become a part of an organization or donate to an organization if you're financially able to. Um, a couple uh, organizations that we recommend are Minnesota Freedom Fund, the Black Visions Collective of Minnesota, and Reclaim the Block. Um, we will post all of the websites for this in the show notes. And um, if you are looking for other resources about racism and how to be actively anti-racist, we are always willing to share some of those. Send us an email at fralpalpodcast at gmail.com. And unfortunately, I can't believe that we have to say this, but it bears repeating. Black Lives Matter. Matter.